0: This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts across the world. Let's join Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig.
1: Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Very
0: well, thank you. It's the first Friday of the month, of course, and that can only mean one thing. Non-farm payroll day in the USA. And, well, these figures, quite something. They've defied expectations jobs growth surging 517,000 last month that was far more than expected with the unemployment rate down to 3.4 percent markets uh, must be wowed by these figures but not necessarily in a good way
1: no i mean if we take a look back a month what made that report so good it had modest job growth it had modest wage growth and it had more participation and that lent itself to the prospect of a labor market that's loosening but not to any dangerous degree and on top of that it also had really positive revisions it revised out the uh, strong wage growth that we saw the month before and it also had downward revisions to job growth from the month before as well this is kind of the opposite we've got incredible str- i mean to put it into perspective the expectation was around 185 so 517 it's almost like three times as much and on top of that we've got upward revisions to last month and we've got fair enough relatively modest wage growth at 0.3 percent but the last wage growth number from last month was revised up to 0.4 percent from 0.3 percent but I think if analysts look at this what they're going to be saying is it's not necessarily a game changer for one it could just be a bump in the road the general trend with this data has been more positive and it's on a more positive trajectory that allows for the a slight slackening of the labor market without causing an enormous amount of damage while also creating that potential for wage growth to moderate further and the fed to feel like it's less of a threat and achieve almost that soft landing which it so craves the second thing they may say when they look at this is Do you know what? It could be revised out. We've now seen two consecutive jobs reports where revisions to the previous report were quite significant to the point that it kind of changes the entire narrative about them. So it's not going to be doom and gloom, I think, on the back of this. It's a setback, but it's not too big a setback and i think if we take a look at how the markets have reacted it kind of supports that theory the nasdaq was down around 1.4 percent and we'll come into this uh, a bit later about why that was going into this report it's now off around two percent in pre-market so a little bit of a setback the dow jones i think was around flat it's now down around 0.6 and the SP down around 0.6 and it's now down around 1.2 so you have seen around just over a half a percent setback really across the three indices from prior to the jobs report until now which is recording uh, a little under an hour after the dollar is performing quite well up around three quarters of one percent it was already up a little bit on the day gold has had a Maybe a bit more of a setback it's down around 1.6 percent the biggest change maybe is coming in the yield market and in the interest rate expectations so now expectation for the terminal rate is just shy of five percent when it was around four point nine percent maybe a little bit over four point nine percent prior to uh, the jobs report or at least earlier on this week so we've seen a slight uptick here but again it's not on it's not a huge one it just effectively suggests that um interest rates are going to be around five percent at the peak but there's still markets pricing in two rate cuts then this year, bringing the rate at the end of the year to around 4.5%. So I think that suggests to me the markets aren't viewing this as a game changer. Don't get me wrong, if this isn't revised out next month and we get another one like that, that's a different story altogether. Suddenly we go into the Fed March meeting and the narrative is extremely different. But right now, I don't think it's going to severely dent sentiment in the way that it would have if the December report, for example, last month hadn't been revised out so considerably.
0: And also, perhaps, if the decision from the Fed had come after this announcement rather than before. These figures have, as you said, they are pretty shocking to analysts who have been expecting more of a slowdown. Looking inside them, they're led by bars and restaurants, which continue to recover from the losses sparked by the pandemic, but car manufacturers, tech and media firms are reporting job losses. And we've seen tech firms report earnings and uh, they make disappointing reading, particularly the three A's.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess there's two points we need to really touch on there. The first is the fact that, is it a sign that the tech firms and others are leading the way and that the others are gonna follow suit and laying people off and these numbers are gonna change quite sharply quite soon? There's a possibility that that's gonna be the case. But the second thing to really consider here is that the services industry is the one that's really driving these inflationary pressures that the Fed is most concerned about. And also, we are seeing strong spending numbers still in the US, which suggests that that's continues to be sustainable so if we're also seeing large job growth there then that suggests that the problem that the feds ultimately concerned about is alive and well and that's going to continue to really push them into making these decisions where they've got to keep raising interest rates because that's the type of inflation that's going to drive core inflation and keep it well above target so there's kind of two different stories two different narratives going on within the non-farm payrolls report itself but as you say tech is very much uh, seeing a different situation right now it's very much uh, almost ahead of the curve in terms of all this we have seen these massive layoffs announced and the results yesterday evening from alphabet amazon and apple really alluded to the different challenges that are all being faced They all come back to the same thing the economy is slowing the outlook is becoming more challenging and there's a lot more uncertainty and that's why we're seeing all of these layoffs announced even if you look at uh, meta when they announced their results the day before they were seen as really good results because they beat on the top line because they announced a, a large buyback these were seen as quite positive results but you look at apple for example yes do you know what? they had the disruption in china at one of their main manufacturing uh factories uh, that affected the sales of smartphones uh, mainly the latest iphone but also you saw other devices actually sales slipping uh, as well they were supported by the services aspect of the business so that's things like apple tv etc and the app store but also uh, ipads interestingly enough but things like laptops and other devices we saw sales Declining and they seem to anticipate that the current quarter isn't going to be any better. Then you look at Amazon again We're seeing sales still struggling uh, because of the changing consumer environment uh, more globally But also the fact that we are seeing cloud business growth uh, starting to slow a little bit as well and then Alphabet has a different problem altogether it's advertising that's such a massive part of their business well unsurprisingly businesses are less willing to spend on as much advertising when they are that we're going into a much slower period of growth so where everyone is tightening the purse strings that includes amount of money being spent on advertising so they all relate to the same thing but they all have different areas where they are uh, feeling the pain as it were and all three got punished in the after hours trading on Thursday And on top of that, they're also facing a further pain, which didn't turn out to be quite as bad, but the stronger dollar, anything they make abroad has to be converted back to dollars uh, for this kind of reporting. And the dollar has been extremely strong. It paired some of those gains towards the back end of last year, but that's an additional headwind for many of these companies. So when you take all that into consideration, I'm looking at the non-farm payrolls, I'm saying, you know what, I'm not surprised by how many tech jobs uh, were lost, but the most concerning aspect of that from a Fed perspective is not what's happening in tech space per se, but it's the fact that the services industry remains so strong and therefore underlying inflation can remain strong, underlying wage growth can remain strong. Um, they have a bigger job on their hands ultimately. So Craig, slightly
0: behind the curve, as far as interest rate uh, rises are concerned, are Europe and the UK. And yesterday we saw a 50 basis points rise from the ECB and the Bank of England. And of course, there were no surprises
1: there. There were no surprises there. What's interesting is how markets are perceiving the communication from both of these central banks. First take the ECB. They're very much getting the Fed treatment, which is they say one thing which is extremely hawkish. Markets shrug their shoulders and do something entirely different. So the ECB effectively said we are going to be raising interest rates more aggressively at upcoming meetings or along the same lines of aggression at the upcoming meetings. So suggesting the next meeting is 50 basis points almost baked in and after that we may do another one then. The markets have taken this very direct warning and they've priced in a 50 50 chance of 25 or 50. so very much saying i hear you're hawkish i just don't believe that you're actually going to do this and i actually believe that when you see some of the data which is coming out you're going to change your tune or at least think there's a 50 50 chance of that happening then you look at the bank of england and their tone is completely different now let's be clear the ecb is very much behind the curve they only started in the summer of last year actually raising interest rates and whereas the bank of england rate is now at four percent the ecb is still only at 2.5 percent and the fed uh, is further ahead again so they are very much behind the curve but the bank of england now even though inflation is still so much higher the bank of england has effectively said we're now meeting by meeting so we may raise rates we may not raise rates we'll have to wait and see And in fact, two policymakers of the nine actually voted to not raise rates at all at this meeting, whereas the rest of them voted for 50 basis points, which is why we saw that jump from 3.5 to 4. Now look at market expectations, and they're basically doing exactly what the Bank of England is saying. It's 60-40 for a 25 basis point rate hike. I think the banking will look at that and say, yeah, that's where kind of where we're at. um we're at the point now where we're near the terminal rate. We know the economy's gonna suffer. We've probably avoided a recession just about towards the back end of last year, but we're not really banking on that being the long running trend. We still think we're heading for negative growth this year, negative growth next year, and a recession this year. That's still their point of view. And the markets are really aligned with that. So the Bank of England is saying, we may have to do more. We may not have to do more. We'll have to wait and see base effects are going to be favorable and a few other things are going to be more favorable. I think they said they expect inflation to come down to around 3.4% by the back end of this year. That's quite a significant drop based on current market rates. So we'll wait and see how these play out. But three almost very different messages from three central banks to a great extent. And you've got the Fed where they're starting to fall more in line with the markets. You've got the ECB, which are getting the Fed treatment. And you've got the Bank of England, which almost bizarrely, you could argue, if you look at how the last 18 months has gone, are the ones where they're saying we're pretty much in line with the markets and uh, our message is clearly getting across.
0: Let's look ahead to the next week, Craig. And uh, what are the highlights for you we should look out for?
1: So I think next week is uh, a lot quieter. Uh, Here in the UK, it's the monetary policy report hearing on Thursday. Uh, that's one that really stands out that's where mps uh, within the treasury select committee will get the chance to grill the bank of england on their forecasts and the job that they're ultimately doing to rein in inflation so that's obviously always going to be a bit of a one to watch should we say there's a lot of fed speak next week and that's going to be interesting on the back of this jobs report uh, addressing something that's relatively new and has come as a bit of a shock uh, today that's another thing that really stands out Earnings season continues although a lot of the massive names have now uh, actually reported earnings but there are a number of other companies next week including the likes of uh, PayPal and PepsiCo etc so there's still plenty uh, more to keep a, a kind of close eye on and apart from that it's some particular data points as the RBA uh, interest rate decision on Tuesday as well and then a scattering of data points like us say so It's not as busy a week by any stretch of the imagination, but, I mean, let's face it, very few weeks are as busy as the week we've just had. So if it was going to be like that every week, I think we'd all be uh, far more exhausted and more in need of holidays.
0: And we certainly need a, a good weekend to recover. Thanks very much for joining us today. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.